The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Fabricki Podcast. We are so close to Chrissy, and it's all about Christmas in the podcast this week, with so much going on this weekend. Let's kick off with what is going on in Panola tonight. The Panola Street Party is back. Hannah joins me on the line. Hannah, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. Thanks for having me. Now, Hannah, tell me what's going on tonight because Panola is going to be a buzz. I know, isn't it, Jazz? So tonight we've actually got the Panola Street Party, which has been kindly supported by the Water Range Council, where it kicks off at half past four with horse and ride carriages. Um, We've got... Jumpy Castle, water pistols for the kids. We've got Santa who arrives at 6pm. And for the parents, we've got a show and shine. We've got a raffle that has four crayfish and uh, some Winds Kunawara State wine kind of donated as well as part of that raffle. And then we draw the Trash to Tremendous um, prize winner as well. With the Trash to Tremendous prize, there have been a number of really cool Christmas trees popping up across the region. I know, it hasn't adjusted. So we've had over 30 entries from local businesses and families. Um, and even the social media itself has reached over 13,000 people. So it's amazing result. Um, so if, but you still, voting doesn't close until 4 p.m. today. So if you want to jump onto panolakunawara.com, have your say, have a vote. Every vote counts. Uh, we've got a few really little tight, tight winners there. Um, and so, yeah, we really look forward to actually seeing who wins that those prizes tonight. Hannah, great to have you on the radio this morning. Good luck tonight. What time does it all kick off? All kicks off at half past four. So hopefully we'll see you all there because it's going to be a cracker of a night. It is going to be an absolutely sensational night in Panola tonight if you've got the opportunity to go. And a big shout out to everybody in Lucindale as well because they've got their street party happening and the parade. It's going to be a huge night up at Lucindale as well. Now, there are other things going on this weekend in the lead up to Chrissy and I am talking Christmas carols and lots of them. Millicent have got their Christmas fair taking place tomorrow. Here is what Sean had to say during the course of the week when I caught up with him. The second annual Christmas fair in Millicent is a a great new tradition that we started last year. We have markets at 11 uh, that open and we've got a number of family fun challenges at 12 and 1 o'clock. 2 p.m. is our second annual Millicent's Got Talent contest and then 3 o'clock is the start of the Nativity and the Carols. We've got a fantastic uh, African people group coming from Adelaide uh, this year as well, doing the music for us. And the family favourite uh, nativity is always, always a winner. I am actually really looking forward to what is going on in Millicent tomorrow. I'm going to do some judging of some of the competitions. I'm also going to be helping to uh, MC the carols tomorrow afternoon from 3 p.m. And speaking of carols, there are carols taking place not only in Millicent this weekend, but in Narracourt as well. And it is time to catch up with Leah to find out what is going on. Good morning. Leah, it's going to be a sensational night of carols, uh, of family fun, of entertainment. Take us through what's going to go on. Well, I think you've nailed the vibe we're looking for there. We've got an amazing free community concert. This Sunday night, Carols in the Square is back in Narracourt and the weather is looking fantastic. And so we're looking forward to welcoming lots of families and people of all ages out to a free Christmas concert. And we've got lots of local musicians coming out to play for us on Sunday night and an amazing amount of food as well. 
bring a picnic rug or a deck chair. It starts at six o'clock over dinner and we're going to have some pre-entertainment. The Maricourt Ukulele Club are going to be providing a pre-show entertainment over dinner and we also have um, local entertainer Sarah Shepherd, and then the main event kicks off at 7.30 in the sound shell. Now, Leah, what is the highlight for you from Carol's this year? Oh, I, my highlight is Simone Owen. She is the most amazing singer and she's doing a really a lot bigger set than normal um, and she's got props and children involved and it's going to be a great family night out. Leah, cannot wait. It's going to be a great night on Sunday night. You guys are going to have an absolute ball. Thanks for dropping by this morning. Thanks, Ewan. Not only are the carols taking place in Narracourt and in Millicent this weekend, but they're here right in our own backyard in the Blue Lake City, and Ben Hood has all the details of what is going on. G'day, Ben. Good morning, Ewan. (laughs) Ben, you are comparing carols this year. It is going to be an amazing spectacle. It is. It is. uh, It's our 76th year of carols in the uh, Blue Lake City in Mount Gambia. Uh, we're at the Rail Lands, which is the best spot um, to have the carols. Uh, we've got an amazing lineup of local artists. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, it's such a family friendly event. Uh, everyone brings their deck chairs, brings their snacks, comes along, uh, sings carols and shares in the Christmas spirit. Uh, this is my, I think, 10th. The 11th year being involved in carols. I'm not singing this year, but uh, but I am emceeing, and it's going to be an absolute uh, great night. Um, bring the uh, Christmas spirit right into Mount Gambia. And Ben, do you reckon it's better being out in the crowd, or do you reckon it's better being on stage watching the crowd for their reaction? <laughs> I look. I love being up on that stage, looking out, seeing the kids just um, just faces light up when uh, when we do the uh, the kids uh, Christmas medleys, uh, when we're singing those traditional uh, Christmas carols, uh, and of course we've got some uh, original songs as well, like we have had over the last uh, couple of years. So uh, it's just such a, an amazing buzz um, uh, to be a part of the carols. But uh, I know equally to be in that crowd looking back sharing the christmas spirit uh it's it's pretty amazing and uh, i'm uh, i'm i'm you know so glad that we're we we know we're back in the flesh we did have a couple of, of those live streams um during the covid times but so uh, this is a second year back after covid in the rail lands and it's going to be bigger than ever tell me about some of the entertainment we're going to see on sunday night mate Okay, well, we've got uh, we've got someone who's actually become a bit of a Carol's legend. That's Gabriel Strawn. So Gabriel's going to be coming along, playing original uh, one of his original tracks. We've got Dave Blackett. Now, Dave Blackett, people would have seen Dave playing around Metro and uh, and other places like that. He's a tremendous musician. This is his first time at the Carol's. Uh, Trish Brueggemann is going to be doing uh, the kids' Carol's, and I have heard that uh, Father Christmas has actually lent uh, Trish a few elves for this year. So that is going to be tremendous. And we've got the Limestone Coast uh, Orchestra that is going to be joining, the Symphony Orchestra is going to be joining us uh, on uh, on the night as well. Um, it is just going to be fantastic. Um, it just gets better uh, every year. Ben, it all gets underway 7.30. It's going to be a fantastic night. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great night on Sunday. Thanks, Ewan. Merry Christmas. From one Ben to another, we head to the Wattle Range Council. Ben Gower is the CEO of the Wattle Range Council. And let me tell you, the cleanup is still going on after the weather event that hit Millicent on Tuesday night. Ben, what can you tell me about what happened? Um, The storm hit on Tuesday night, hit Ferner first or just north of Ferner 
on the Claywells Road, did a whole heap of damage up there. It, it was almost like a, um, a tornado or cyclone, a touchdown on the Claywells Road, um, smashed a whole bunch of, uh, you know, um, very significant old red gums and, and, uh, and, and uh, other significant trees. Um, did a fair bit of damage around the township of, of uh, Ferner, uh, but uh, not a lot of structural damage to properties in that area, a little bit. Uh, some shed damage and some roofs uh, and sheets of iron lifted. Uh, and then, um, you know, about 20 minutes later, it touched down again in, in Millicent and did a, a hell of a lot more damage to property. There's hundreds of significant trees down. Um, you know, completely uprooted, uh, you know, some some tree trunks, the width of cars that have just been, you know, snap like matchsticks. It was it was quite a, a huge amount of energy that, that touched down in a very short period of time. Ben, on top of the, the trees that are down, there have been some properties that have had some pretty severe damage? There are. I, we don't have the exact number, but quite a few homes uh, have lost significant portions of their rooms, uh, sorry, of their roofs. Uh, there was uh, a fair bit of flooding. Um, the uh, the hail and, and the rain was just phenomenal. Um, we've got sheds uh, that have just collapsed or, or lost their roofs. Um, we had power lines down uh, in, in a number of places. So yeah, it was a fair bit of impact to property. Fortunately, as far as we know, no significant injuries at this point uh, but we don't have the full picture uh, but very lucky with, uh, with with people at least um, but yeah some significant property damage and, and a lot of damage to the uh, to the trees where to next mate um, well almost immediately that the storm hit the community kicked in um, CFS SES uh, the council staff and a whole bunch of volunteers uh, pitched in very very quickly um, the roads were cleared uh, by about one o'clock in the morning. We've only got one road at the Millicent Racecourse that remains closed at the moment because there are some uh, some overhead branches that are just of concern to us. Uh, but the, the roads are all open, the clean-up's happening. Um, uh, as we travelled around yesterday morning, all you could hear was chainsaws going. Everyone was out getting busy. So um, it, it's a matter of cleaning up for, for the property damage um, I'm sure the uh, insurance assessors will be getting some phone calls from all of our locals um, and uh, we'll see what we can do to help them navigate that pathway. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll all pitch in and help. And clean up is obviously going to take days and weeks. Uh, council is helping out as best as possible as well? We are. We've got uh, a significant portion of our staff and equipment out there Helping with that clean-up, we have uh, opened the waste transfer station. Uh, we've waived all of the tip ticket requirements while we while we clean up. Uh, so that waste transfer station in Millicent is open from 8.30 till 4 every day through to Sunday, and we will reassess on Sunday to see if we um, need to keep it open for longer. Just a reminder for the community, we can't take asbestos, uh, concrete sheeting or um, gyp rock there. Uh, and we have opened the Millicent sale yards for green waste collection because uh, there's just not enough space at the transfer station for what we've got out there. So all those facilities will be open and manned, um, and, uh, yeah, we'll just keep working at it. Ben, always good to catch up. Thanks for an update, mate. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Ewan. Bye.
Ben Gow from the Water Range Council talking all about the weather event on Tuesday night at Millicent that wreaked havoc across the region. And a big shout out to not only everybody in Millicent, but everybody that was affected by those storms. Now, on to brighter things. One of the things that I did on the Brecky Show this week was I granted another wish. Ewan's wish list, it was all thanks to the team at Collins Court Butchers. And I was lucky enough to grant Scott's wish. Scott, what was your wish? Oh, wish is just to get the um, prize to um, purchase a new puppy for my wife and kids because we lost our um, little Jack Russell a couple of months ago, which we think was due to a snake bite. So, yeah, we just how, want to replace him. Sort how, of. how did losing the Jack Russell sort of affect the family, mate? Yeah, not real good. Still, still has been affecting them. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. lead up, lead up to Chrissy, mate. Everybody's doing it tough at the moment. You guys would be the same, yeah. Yeah, everyone's the same. Yeah, yep. Doesn't matter who you are. Everyone's everyone's got it tough at the moment. Well, Scott, what would you say if I said I'm going to grant your wish, mate? I'd be um, yeah, sort of probably shocked actually, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome, <laughs> mate. New pet for the family. I couldn't think of a better way to uh, to lead into Chrissy. Congratulations, wishes granted. Oh, thank you very much. That's awesome. Yeah, wife and kids will be stoked. Yeah. How old are the kids, mate? Yeah, that's great. Uh, 16 and 13. Well, it's going to be a great Chrissy Forum, I hope. Uh, you guys have a wonderful time. I hope Santa is kind. And congratulations from us. No worries. Thank you very much. If you've got a wish in the lead up to Christine, you'd like it granted, triplem.com.au is how you can tell me about it. It is time to catch up with what's going on council-wise. Lots of things happening at council at the moment. And uh, Sarah Philpot, the CEO of the council, is the lady who knows all about what is going on. Sarah, good day. Hello. Sarah, you and I are going to be partying all part of summer on Watson. Heaps of stuff going on over the next few weeks. Yeah, certainly is. So council at the meeting on Tuesday night had a update about the CBD activation, which you're quite right, is called Summer on Watson because it's all concentrated on Watson Terrace and our beautiful Cave Gardens Soogie area. And so um, what you would have noticed is we've been closing Watson Terrace and then there's been a series of events that are planned, um, much more happening during January. It's been a bit of a slower start, but um, certainly kind of keep an eye out for what what's going on during January. So Council had a report which included that there's um, a few new events and programs which have been uh, planned. So there's going to be a family um, uh, party with Triple J's Hottest 100. There's a sing-along with Jimmy and a trek across um, Oz Cycling for Mental Health finish line event, just as a few examples of some of the events which are coming up for summer um, on Watson and so people can go and get some info uh, from www.mountgambia.sa.gov.au slash summer on Watson and that's where people can go and get all of the program of activities so um, I was just uh, in um, in summer on Watson on Sunday when the big uh, thuggy market was on um, Mount Gambier, Citibank Gambia had a stall there for our Mount Gambia 2035 and there were over 100 stalls and there were people everywhere and it was just such a great party vibe, you know, it was fantastic, food food vans and all sorts. So 
this idea about having the heart of our city, you know, really pumping with stuff over the weekends is fantastic. As I said, more to come in January. Vibrant heart of our city cannot uh, cannot be grateful for it. You know, it's going to be fantastic. Now, Sarah, one of the things that Council is working on is uh, a proposal with Wreckfish SA. Yes, that's right, we are. So I think we've spoken briefly about this previously, but uh, Council considered a report this month that is about a proposal from Wreckfish SA for restocking native fish in the Valley Lake um, Kettler Malpi. And um, so basically Council endorsed that we put an application in with PERSA, uh, the government department who needs to approve such things, and we're looking to stock fish basically. So the first round of that is to um, look at in, uh, um, utilising Murray Cod and also Fingerling Yellow Belly Perch. Um, and the idea of this is they are um, native fish, they're a low risk way of um, helping us manage carp in the lake. So carp obviously not native, they're an invasive species, they muddy the water, um, they make a mess generally. And so the idea is to introduce these fish for environmental outcomes in the first instance so that they basically predate the little carp and you get less carp in the lake and get clearer water and less algae as a result. So, um, and then second stage is to have a look at whether we introduce other types of fish and look at those more for recreational purposes. So thinking about whether we have recreational fishing, um, what kind of permits, licences, you know, all of the business that goes alongside introducing more formal recreational fishing into the lake for stuff other than carp. So pretty good one, this one. That's Absolutely a, sensational. A, yeah, really interesting one. And look, I don't know if people have noticed, but the water in the Valley Lake, as a consequence of the work that's been done there to control um, algal blooms uh, that has just made such a difference to the quality of the water and so this is that next step in terms of another natural um, a solution to an environmental pest which is our friends the carp. Now there's some new grants and sponsorship uh, arrangements that Council's working through as well Sarah what's going on there? Yeah, so um, we've been having a look at all of our different grants and sponsorships. We have um, pretty incredible um, community funding that go out through a range of uh, grants for events, creative arts, sports, capital, uh, community strengthening. And we also waive lots of fees as well on things like City Hall and Woolander for community-based activities. So all of those funds is over $600,000 worth of contribution back into the community through a range of different um, sponsorship and funding approaches. So what we've done is had a look at this to see if there's a better way we can streamline the process. People have told us it's a bit confusing. They never know when grants are available. Some of the processes are different. You might apply for one this way and one another way. So what we're doing is streamlining all of that and ultimately we'll end up with two different rounds of grants um, and they will be um, happening in the middle of the year and then um, February, March. Now this doesn't take effect straight away. This is just putting on the table this approach which is going to come into play um, for next financial year. But what we're going to do also is do some um, some training and information sessions so that people understand how best to apply for these grants and how all of that's going to work. So a bit of a different approach but the same amount of money available to our community just trying to make it a bit easier for people 
really to get access to that funding. So, so council was happy to adopt that, which is the in principle, this is the approach we're going to take. And now we're into implementation ready for the new financial year. Totally. Now, Sarah, we touched on it a moment ago. You guys were down at the Cave Gardens precinct for Summer on Watson on the weekend. You were talking about 2035 and the vision for council. So explain what's going on. Yes, so this is actually the vision for the whole of the community. So council um, is looking to um, find out what people uh, care about for the future of our fantastic city. So we're asking people three questions as part of Mount Gambier 2035. And they are, what do you love now? Obviously, if you love stuff now, we want to hang on to it. We want to do more of it. What do you want us to be known for in the future? So if people are talking in 2035 about Mount Gambier, what would they say about us? What would they identify for our community? And then the last one is, if that's the kind of place we want to be, how are we going to get there? So we've been having these fantastic conversations with people um, out at various markets. We've got another consultation coming up at the um, Carols, actually, so people will have a chance to have a chat about it there as well if they want to. People may have seen postcards coming around that they can write their ideas, or you can go and post your ideas directly onto Council's Have Your Say website. Um, so that's that whole process. And what Council particularly considered at the most recent meeting on Tuesday night is we're starting with this broad engagement where we say, you know, tell us, tell us, you know, what you think. And then we're going to um, also engage with stakeholders. And then phase three of this is to establish uh, what we're calling a community panel. And a community panel is going to be a representative group. So that's representative by age, by gender, by diversity. Um, and, uh, and basically then we're going to have a group of about 50 people who really represent the population of our city to help us look at all these broad ideas that the community's told us about and help narrow that down into a really um, exciting vision for Mount Gambia for 2035. So council approved that approach on Tuesday night, which is pretty exciting. So there will be um, a, a phase um, of that in the new year. And we will be asking people to think about whether they'd like to participate in a process like that. And once we've got nominations from people, then we'll do a random selection of people, but based on those kind of population demographics, if you like, you know, as I said, age and gender and so on, so that it's a group that truly represents what our community looks like to help us with this big picture vision for what our what we all work together towards for exactly. the future. Hmm. Sarah, it is always good to catch up. Uh, we're about to run headlong into Christmas and New Year. Hopefully we get the chance to talk again in 2024. Have a great Chrissy. Yeah, fantastic. To you too. And